Hello, lovers. I'm your host, Briz Taylor, and I'd like to welcome you all to my podcast, Seeking Sovereignty, a show where I chalk it up with folks about their journeys and practices of being spiritually sovereign. If it's one thing I know, it's that I know nothing at all. Join me as I leave no stone unturned, uncovering all the darkness that brings us to the light and my journey to finding my soul family. I hope you enjoy Seeking Sovereignty. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Seeking Sovereignty. My name is Briz Taylor, and today I'm joined with my co-creator, Evelyn Dominguez. Hi, everybody. And today we are going to be doing a very intimate and vulnerable episode focusing on grief and kind of what we have been experiencing and witnessing in our process of looking at things from a spiritual standpoint and growing and on our healing process. So I want to bring up the six stages of grief, and that's going to kind of be our topics for today. So the six stages of grief go as follows. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance, and finding meaning. So let's start with denial. Evelyn, what have you kind of witnessed or dealt with or gone through with denial and grief? I feel like just even recently with my grandmother's passing, I definitely, sometimes it just doesn't seem real. I feel like because I still feel her around me and in me, it's just, it's just really like, it's sometimes hard for me to process that like having her here in physical form it's just not gonna happen anymore Mm. um so there's like moments where I still feel she's here but then like moments like this morning where I just was crying because I missed her and Mm. just honoring that and honoring her and just processing whatever comes up whenever you know I'm feeling grief. Right. Well, and that's such a part of denial is like how quickly life can be stripped from us and how quickly literally one moment somebody is here and in a breath. Literally. In a breath. And you don't realize that until you've experienced grief firsthand. You really don't realize how fragile life can be or if you've, you know, been through somebody who's dying or whatever. It's like it's easy to go into denial because it's almost unbelievable Yeah, how quickly life is there and then it's gone. Exactly. And I think something in denial of grief that I want to bring up is people denying that they're in grief. Not Mm -hmm. really denying the death itself. It's more like, I know back in 2014, I lost my little brother He was 17 and I was 21. And so I know that for a long time, the things that I was doing and my life spiraling out of control, I was not blaming it on the fact that I was grieving. I didn't know at the time that I was grieving. And that was the reason that all of those things were happening a year later, two years later, you know? Yeah. But you don't realize it unless you can call it and say like, oh, fuck, I was grieving. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, but it's easy to deny that. And, you know, not want to say that you're hurting or feeling anything sometimes. So the next stage is anger. This lovely little word. 
<laughs> I think I'll start because I think that I have dealt with anger and grief so much personally. <laughs> Prior to the episode, me and Evelyn were kind of chatting a little bit about like our ages. Like you just lost somebody and you're 20. I'm 30. Oh, you're 30. Okay, perfect. You're 30. And how you know beautiful your grieving process or things that you've been able to do has kind of been but when I lost my little brother I was 21 and so it was like so different yeah, for I can me imagine. and even though I was a little spiritual at the time that almost halted my spirituality a little bit and so it was like I was so angry yeah. I was so so angry at everybody and I also watched a lot of people be angry and then after his little death years later you know other people in my life started to die and I got to watch them be angry and it's such an ugly part of grief but so fucking necessary so necessary so what do you think about anger and grief I mean like you said it's definitely a part of grief for me I I mean I definitely do embrace the energy of of anger you know Mm -hmm. I just choose to be able to maneuver it in a a way where now it's more in a different way than just screaming and and hurt you know like hurting people through that but like you said it's necessary I feel like it allows you to really show a a part of feeling Um, sometimes I feel like people like to bottle and become numb and try to suppress but anger is such a necessary emotion because it's letting you know that you are alive and you are feeling and just being able to in the future being able to process through that you know and yeah I just it's a lot for me to be outside you know looking in as far as because I have been working a lot on myself because in my family we do hold we have a lot of we have anger issues in our family let me say (laughs) and I'm just super sensitive so I just felt like I didn't want to allow the projection of anger to really hurt me because in the past it really has and it still does to this day but I've just used I've been able to work through that emotion of the projection of anger and also being able whenever I feel angry to be able to use it in a different energy still obviously embracing the energy but being able to use it in a more beneficial way for myself yes well it's important to feel anger too I think I don't know why anybody decided that suppressing anger was the best route that's like the (laughs) yeah that's like the opposite right you should feel yes (laughs) and even now we're so often like taught that like we shouldn't be feeling these things or or like everything should be all positive or whatever you have to have that duality of the the spectrum of emotions to yes. be able to feel really good feelings i think sitting with your anger when it's happening though is so hard yeah for me even now to this day my anger outbursts that happen they still happen and then it, it just it's quicker every time that I'm noticing that it's happening. That's that's the best that I can offer for myself yeah. is like working quicker each time to kind of sit with myself rather than actually outbursting. But for sure, you know, I mean, you're work. human. Yeah. Sometimes. And I feel like I'm very so. There's certain people where I'm a very easier to angry and like I'm able to 
cops some attitude back. You know, I definitely am peace and love, but also if I feel like there's times where I need to also stand up for myself, it's definitely um, doing that. But also it's like remembering, because sometimes I'll, I'll project and then my energy is just completely off after that. And yes. it's just like, okay, how can I use that energy in a more efficient way? Still feeling it and honoring it, obviously, but being able to like really dig down understand what the root of the anger is coming from and why mm-hmm. I know it's so easier said than done girl but it's a practice I yeah, think that definitely it's a practice to like be happy yeah just as much as it's a practice to like honor your feelings when you're feeling anxious so I want to move on to the next stage which is bargaining which I think is a really interesting concept so bargaining is when somebody like passes and you're you're like almost bargaining with God, you know, like, why wasn't it me? Well, if I could have done this differently, you know, then the outcome would have been different. And I was just listening to a podcast with Brene Brown and she actually just talked about the butterfly effect, how you almost feel like if there was just this different glitch in the butterfly effect, then my life would be different and this wouldn't have happened. And, but I think that the bargaining process is so important because it leads you to acceptance mm. of like understanding yeah that you can't change what's already happened but you can move differently moving forward so yeah bargaining is interesting yes so I have a cousin named Marcos who passed away two years ago from overdose and I see a lot of my brother my older brother doing a lot of bargaining I just recently had a conversation with him like about a week ago and in that conversation is still like I should have brought him over here to because it's in Colorado I should have brought him over like Mm -hmm. I know he was going through things I should have just flew him out and just wishing things could be differently and you know I hope in his time he does find the acceptance and being like that was his time you know Mm -hmm. I was able to sit with Marcos and he came up for me in ayahuasca and we had a, a moment of understanding like I understood you know like for me when I sat through it it's like you have a choice there's a certain point where you have a choice to stay here or a choice to go and mm-hmm. I understood his choice of going because he felt like his job here was done mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. that's just what it is you know and just accepting that and just wishing them well on their next journey right well and we don't know what their soul like kind of signed up for you know that's what we know now or at least for me I can't speak for you but for me it's like now I know that now about souls and and you know soul contracts and and how you know we sign our own destiny you know and we're all our own person yeah people are a part from us so those are like big realizations um but I watched my brother and I did a lot of bargaining when my little brother passed too. It's really hard being the older sibling, I think. You know, like me and my older brother were both kind of in this position of like, I was 21, he was 24. And so we both were like, even us have lived so much more life than him. Why was it him? But you do kind of have to come to this realization of like, okay, but I'm still here. I'm going to choose to let him live with me now, just like your grandmother, yeah. like, you know, where you have to, like, choose to let them uh, sit with you. Yeah. 
And you have to set them free too, you know, you have to let them fly. Yes. I know. I think about that often, about just death in general. That's a whole nother episode. We should not be going into what we think about the afterlife. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. I think that bargaining is just a, a part of the process that I think that if anybody's gone through grief, I'm sure you've kind of struggled with that kind of what could I have done differently yeah. to have a different outcome? And then the next stage comes, which is depression. Which I think looks different for everyone. And depression is so hard because it's different for everybody. It really, really is. And I think everybody's definition of depression is different. But what do you think about depression? Um, it was... We were having a discussion earlier, and I was letting you know that it was just kind of interesting because I felt like I was already in grief before my grandma's passing, and like it was slightly like a like a, a depression, and I was just allowing myself to sit with it because I wanted to you know like really see where it was coming from. I've done all this work, and you know things come in cycles, so I was trying to like be like okay what am I doing right now that's causing this this depression right now and this mourning and this grief because I definitely felt like I was grieving there was certain parts I knew that I had to let go of that obviously the cycle when it came in I was attaching to it which I felt was 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 causing me to feel that way I feel like because I was already in a way in that form it just allowed me to, if anything, I feel like it's allowing me to be able to deal with the passing of my grandma a little bit easier. Because it's mm. now like, okay, well, like my grandmother's gone, but it's allowed me to appreciate the beautiful moments that I had with her and the connection that I had with her and really sitting and honoring with the, the energy, the grandmother energy that I was supposed to have because I know she was the first grandparent that I was able to ever do that with. And especially mm. at, at the age that I'm at, I really didn't take that for granted. I really did sit with being like, okay, I don't have her for very long. I need to, I need to sit with her and hold space for her because um, I don't want her to feel like she's not being seen because I see her, you know. Mm. Um, so for me now, it's just like I know I'm going to be okay. Now it's just being there more for my family and my loved ones to honor the stage of when they hit that stage and being able yes. to to sit with them through that and walk them through that and just hold space for them through that. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's what I mean by it looks differently for everybody. For you, it might look a bit shorter because then let's just say like your mother or somebody or, you know, where you, like you said, you have to hold that space for them, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to have kind of that little stage. Oh, for sure. For sure. Definitely. And I'm still in the beginning, you know, I'm still hitting denial, you know, so it's yes. like, this just happened two weeks ago. So I, I don't even know what my grief stage is going to look like. I just know that I know I'm going to be okay, but I'm just allowing myself to feel whatever is supposed to come up. But I, I feel like I hold no regrets. Obviously, mm. maybe hugged her a little bit harder the, the last time I saw her. But I know the last time I saw her, we laughed, we hugged you know I've always told her I loved her so I hold no regrets in letting her know that I fucking loved her you know mm-hmm. and yeah now it's just trying to see how this this grandmother I don't know if it's gonna be a womb but you know like 
how I'm going to be able to, to go on in honoring her and sitting with, you know, what she was to me. Right, right. How do you think her, her death has affected how you treat other people? I feel like, if anything, it's just reminding me to slow down. I feel like the relationship that I had with her, I felt like because she was able to find genuine love with me despite of our differences because we grew up very differently and we we do have different beliefs and things like that. But the fact that we were able to coexist and be able to really love each other, it just allowed me to be able to be like, if I can do that with this woman, you know, I'm able Mm -hmm. to do that with anybody else in my circle. I would love to touch on that for a second, too, because I think that that's so beautiful and so perfectly said. It's like when you lose somebody, you kind of have a different understanding of unconditional love because you now understand that they can be taken from you at any point, right? And so now you start to move a little differently and you start to know that no matter what somebody, not no matter what somebody says or does, but for the most part no matter what somebody says or does they can be forgiven and there can still be love there because at the end of the day if something were to happen to them and you never see them again would you give a fuck yes Yes. probably so let's act like it you know and you start to really move differently when you've lost somebody and I know that I've watched that in people too I've watched that I've watched my little brother's death change people all the way from like maybe not ever being in contact with us to now like, you know, our family members were a little bit closer in certain aspects. Of course, things fell apart afterwards too, but I lost a friend, a really close friend of mine, Andrew. And then about a year later, his best friend Dylan died and they both died from the same thing. And I've watched all of our group of friends from high school kind of hug each other a little tighter and kind of start to understand that like we shouldn't be getting together only because there's a funeral happening Mm -hmm. you know or things like that now easier said than done of course but there's those moments of just realization that I think are so beautiful in grief that you couldn't have without grief yeah Carl Jung, I don't, I don't know the exact quote, but Carl Jung has a, a quote about grief, and it's something like, without grief, it's something about like grief being the window to the soul, basically. Yeah. And without grief, you can't experience love, and grief is such a deep feeling. But he also, Carl Jung also did some studies on grief and how, if unattended and not dealt with, causes depression, anxiety, and mental illness. Yeah. And these are super old, you know, psychological studies. So I think those are pretty interesting. But that's neither here nor there. I think that I say I love you too much all the time. I feel like all the time. You can't say I love you too much. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm the same with you, like, on that. I love to hug. I love to say I love you. I love to have people feel loved. Yes. It's, and it's not like... You know, I've, I've had people, like, question, like, being like, do you really, like, do you really love, you know, like, because yes. you say it so much? And I'm like, yes. That yes. I say it so, because that's how I feel. And if I feel, like, called to tell you that in that moment, I really do feel that. Just 
the hugs I always love to hug my family goodbye when I go to you know family outings families like functions and going to my mom's like I'll go to everybody's room to say goodbye yes even now even when I pass my grandma's room I still open her door and I'm like bye grandma I love you you know I'm just so used to that and it's just hard for me to like just walk past her room you know and like not say bye I've been doing that for years but yeah it's I love you, hugs, all that. Yeah. I think they just mean a little bit more. Yeah. You know, when you lose people and make it weird. Yeah. Make it weird. I know that's a thing. <laughs> that's every meme ever, but make it weird. Yeah. You know, like tell them you love... And I don't, I don't even... If anybody has anything to say about how much I say I love you to somebody, you know, it's like let them think. Let them not be able to hold that love. Yeah. Or hold that space for people, and that's okay. For sure. But it, I'm allowed to hold that space and love for people. 100%. It took my grandma a long time for her to tell me that she loves me back, and like I oh. never took it personal. I never took it personal because she just wasn't that type of she wasn't that type of woman. She wasn't raised that way. Like hugs and stuff that was very uncomfortable for her. But right, I uh, you know I created that space with her like I would keep on doing it I wasn't expecting a hug back you know like I was just very like tightened up didn't take it personal because I knew that I want to do that for her and eventually she started hugging me back and eventually she was able to say I love you too and things like that you know and um, mm. it was really really nice to be able to have that with her you know like, soften that shell yeah, a little bit you know like there's there's some love you know I knew there was love in there and I knew that just her tough love was a just a shield you know and I mean I was that didn't stop me yeah yeah (laughs) and it's just a product of people's environment you know and maybe she wanted to be a lover and she just never had somebody exactly allow her to do that for sure you did yeah that's why I I'm very appreciative you know and I feel like Again, I, I hold no regrets. I I was able to do a lot of things with her that was healing for both of us. Mm. You know, like I really wanted the grandmother relationship that I didn't have growing up and I was able to show her how to love in a different way. So. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Thank I love you. that. <laughs> I'm like, you're such a good granddaughter. I try. It's the journey work, you know, like yes. I'm just so appreciative of the, the journey work of, of healing to be able to like disconnect and reconnect and really be able to, to see people, you know, like mm-hmm. really be able to let go of past resent or carrying things that didn't even belong to you that, you know, just a lot of blur visions, you know, mm. and being able to just sit in a space where I'm like, okay, I'm here, you're here now, let me just sit here with you yeah yeah that's such a special way of looking at things but that's also it wasn't always like that yes yes that's I want to like almost keep touching on that a little bit because how how blessed are you in a way to be able to experience this now in your life versus at a time that maybe you would have been more your eyes would have been more shut and you would have been reacting the same way like your anger would have been felt differently your depression would have been over overcoming you know would have taken you over 
Exactly. So what a beautiful blessing it is to you in your life that you've been able to hold that space for her. Thank you. I'm very appreciative of that too. I definitely feel like my angels were preparing me for all that. Absolutely. Isn't it weird how you can look back now and you're like, oh man, I was kind of preparing in this weird way. Yeah, it's so weird. So weird. And then I was telling you I got sick the day after her passing. Like, I really felt like I was purging. Like, Yes. Just Tell that everything. story a little bit. So, so a day after my grandma's passing, so she ended up having a stroke Friday morning and she was unconscious till Sunday morning. Sunday morning is when she passed. Saturday was when they pulled the the life support mm-hmm. machine off and they predicted that 30 minutes after they took her off she was going to pass but she, she held on, on. To, yeah <laughs> till, till seven the next morning which is totally like my grandma like and just the next day I just I caught some type of stomach bug and I was sick literally for a week like I just I couldn't eat even if I didn't eat I would just have to just I was just purging I just be was just very it was a lot the first week because i was mourning her but then like my body was like mourning her in a way and it was just releasing everything that she had to let go of i felt like it was releasing through my body and like just releasing not only her but just like my family everything that they were releasing through her her passing was just going through me like Mm. i felt like i was just being that vessel and it was it was a little draining but also it was in a way where I felt like if it was anybody I was glad it was me Mm. doing that and I feel better now you know I I definitely sat with okay why did this specifically happen in this very like right you know and it's not by accident yeah exactly nothing by accident exactly so it was just like okay like the meaning behind that and again still continuing to embrace the processes of of grief i'm a very sensitive person so it's just making sure that i'm allowing myself to feel whatever is supposed to come up and i'm trying to like for the most part like i haven't really drank or done anything because i'm trying to really try to do this really raw yes you know and and things like that so you know i'm just trying to see what's gonna happen next yes You know, when you deal with death on a sober level, you have a chance to actually process it in real time. Yeah. You know, rather than numbing it, having your hormones fluctuate, your nerves, all of that stuff. But the weird thing is, I feel like if I were to drink, I feel like I would... Evoke her? Be angry. Like, I feel like I would Uh, be, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like it would be... Maybe I should try. No, just kidding. <laughs> I know. I'm like, we should touch uh, this. Maybe we should see what, what pops up. Uh, that brings us to our next point. Acceptance. So, acceptance is a weird thing, I think. And David Kessler is who came up, uh, is one of the people who came up with the these six stages of grief. And he talked about acceptance after losing his son on this podcast with Brene Brown and he found himself in the acceptance stage but still not understanding that that was the end and I think that that is so important Mm. because for so long this model only had the first five and acceptance was the last stage of grief and I think once you've finally accepted that somebody's passed 
which I think comes years later, you know? Yeah. But maybe not. Maybe, who knows? But after you deal with the acceptance, now you're still, like, brokenhearted. Now you still want them there physically, so there's still this feeling of, like, emptiness and not feeling whole and getting to this acceptance stage where you've accepted it, but it's still not okay. And I think that that's where you find the meaning. And I think that that's what's so beautiful about this because I know that I found my meaning, you know, when my little brother passed and that was to let him live through me. And that took years. And I would say I'm only proud of him walking with me, alongside me, since I've gotten sober, you know? So those years, there was six years there of me grieving heavily, you know, and in the in the midst of alcoholism and still wanting him to live vicariously through me and trying to deal with it. So I think finding the meaning and and understanding that, you know, he's with me and all of that stuff. I think that that's the meaning. But what would you say about finding the meaning? I feel like, yeah, it's just, again, for me personally, when it comes to family, like I'm a very family-oriented person and I feel like I was connected to these people for a reason you Mm. know and you know because with your friends and stuff you choose those but like your family is is given to you and they are the biggest life lessons of my life I actually wanted to be a better person to be able to coexist with my family and um, you know right that's like a big part of my healing journey where I felt like everything that I've done it's definitely helped me be able to really be able to coexist with my family and yeah just now it's really sitting with why I was able to have the connection with my grandma and what that represented in my life yes and just holding space for that you know I just right now still in the process of trying to be able to again like I'm still kind of in denial Yes. Like, so it's just remembering to be able to really sit with what she represented in my life and what how I can honor that and knowing that by honoring that I'm honoring her. Mm. Do you know that one of the like things, the mantras that I say to myself now is something you taught me in that it's not a loss, it's a lesson. Yes. And I literally say that to myself all the time when I'm feeling some type of way. Because I think that that's something we should talk about too, is grief does not just mean that somebody dies in your life. Grief can mean breaking up with your best friend. Grief can mean getting a divorce. Grief can Mm -hmm. mean, you know, let's just say like moving out of your household home into like, you know, this... Ending a career, you know? Yes, yes. Finally quitting the job and doing whatever it is, whatever it is, there's grieving that you don't realize that happens and it doesn't it's not linear for anybody it doesn't look the same Mm -hmm. but if you can kind of understand what grief looks like I think and understand the emotion then you can kind of call it a little easier and put a name to it and so that way you can know okay I'm just grieving this because I feel like I'm grieving right now at this point in my life I'm grieving my old life yeah. I'm literally letting go of every single day. Yeah. Every day. Every day. And I'm shedding and I'm shedding and I'm shedding. Yes. And it's so painful for me. It's not been easy, but... But the fact that you can realize that your shedding is already powerful enough. Yeah. You know. Like, yeah. 
and you know and I always think of the seasons like if the seasons change how can we not think that we don't change right right well we're ever evolving too or at least trying to I never I always say I never want to stop being the student yeah you know like I always as much as I want to teach and help people and everything it's like I I don't ever want to say that I'm like done evolving and I always say to any human being I am not healed I am healing Mm mm-hmm I am not healed. I am healing. And that will be until the day that I die. 100% because agree. I don't ever want to look back and be like, oh, there's nothing I can work on. I'm perfect. <laughs> Although I say I'm perfect all the time. <laughs> That's just also a mantra I taught myself to become more perfect. But yeah, it's, it's kind of that same finding like the meaning and the grief of letting go and processing everything. But the act of letting go, I think sometimes it's scary because it's letting go of sometimes things that it's all you've ever known Mm -hmm. and then the act of not knowing is also what can be so terrifying to people yes but just having faith that whatever is for you is going to come to you but just not allowing yourself to block your own blessings because you're you're freaked out yes not knowing what's next you know yes well i think blocking blessings can happen so easily when you're blinded by depression and uh, anger and, and or even like the woe is me like the victim mentality like yo we actually created the life that we are having you know but I don't think anything is by coincidence even the bad things I 100% agree you know it's your per- perception of it though so like this happens to me quite often now I think almost to test how far I've come but weird shit happens to me I walk out of my house I left my keys inside the house you know, and whereas before that would have like ruined my day, now yeah. it's like, okay, what is the universe trying to warn me about yeah. now? Because now the universe is trying to warn me before I even leave the house that I'm gonna, I'm about to have a day ahead of me. <laughs> so what kind of day am I preparing myself for? And I shit you not, every day, every time something like that happens, where it's yeah. like right when I'm leaving my house, things pop off, and it's almost like the universe warning me, hey, just a little warning. You know, but but I could have never seen that as a blessing prior to that, you know, or even like running late for work and you're hitting all the red lights. And instead of thinking about hitting all the red lights, I'm like, well, thank God I'm not going to get into an accident that could have happened had I gone one light faster. Yeah. You know, so it is about perception, but yeah, I think. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I love like being able to realize those those stepping stones of being like dang there there would have been a point in time that yes. I would have reacted completely different yes you know? yes even in this like grieving stage that I'm feeling like I'm going through now I think that my biggest issue right now is not knowing how to ask for help or what I need from people yeah so if somebody says are you okay I'm just gonna say yes because I don't know I don't even know how to like verbalize to you what I could need or what I could want and I think that anybody in the grieving stage can probably like attest to that where it's like you just don't know sometimes how to say it yeah or sometimes you just don't know like sometimes I really don't know how I'm feeling because sometimes I'm okay sometimes I'm just like feel like but sometimes I don't feel like my like whenever I feel like crying I don't feel like it's a burden yes I'm just allowing myself to be like okay I feel this coming, all right, hold on, let me just hold space for this, let me just, okay, and then, you know, allow myself to maneuver through it and be like, okay, that was a good cry, 
like I know, right? <laughs> you know like, because it's a point in time where I couldn't cry you know yes like, so and then I, it comes out in weird yeah times and exactly so now I'm like okay if I'm if grief is what's allowing me to really be able to channel in this this emotion and like I'm just gonna ride the wave of it and allow myself to feel what I'm supposed to feel yeah know? Well, and I think that I can see it in you probably the same. Like, I'm mirroring what I see in that the people that we are now and the way that we're walking in our life, I feel like I can genuinely say, like, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm just going through a little something. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because of the healing journey that we're taking to work on ourselves and to be self-reflective and to understand our universe and the way that the laws work. And I can see that in you, too, where this could have been so, like, terrifying exactly you know in a different stage but because you're in this it's like you know you'll go through the waves of just everything like you said you know you're gonna cry maybe every day yeah for a while you know but it also is such a beautiful thing to cry yeah and i always say that we can connect to dead people through water not dead people loved ones whatever you know know energies like you know and so i think that that's why when we cry it feels like we can almost connect to that energy or at least that's yeah. no you know honestly, how I feel during the what made me feel better after I was sick for that week is like, I was teaching a painting class on Sunday last week at the nature center and I felt really even sick before even driving there and I want to go pick up my nephews because I wanted them to go where I was going to take them to the water because I wanted them to connect to the water after because they are too are grieving you know they're yes. you know and so when I went to go pick him up, my mom was looking at me. She goes, are you sure you want to go do this? Like, you look like shit. And I'm like, honestly, mom, like, I'm going to go. Because there was something telling me to go. You know, I was like, okay, I'm going to sit with myself and whatever my spirit is telling me to do, I'm going to do it. And even though I felt like shit, my spirit was telling me to go. And, like, I went and I connected. You know, I was there in the class and then I went to the waters. And literally after that, it was fine. I literally was okay after that. I was just like, I don't know what happened. It's the water. Yeah, you know, like, and and it was funny because before my grandma had passed, she started doing, like, water therapy. And she was, and it was beautiful because my mom was started taking her to this water. So, like, my mom would take her into the pools. And, like, her and my mom connected in that way where they were intimately being able to connect with like that because they weren't like that before, you know. Very tough love between them two yeah so and I can see the the I, I can see the shift in my grandma after the water therapy there was just like a spark in her that I was just like do you get it like the you know and that brings out her inner child yeah you know every time we go play in the sprinklers or go jump in the ocean or go in even as adults yeah. that's you know it's childlike yeah and so we get that feeling so she was probably just finally able to be a kid again exactly just let loose be free you know so that was beautiful honestly like it's beautiful yeah no regrets on that yeah just a little bit of a tighter hug that's it yeah (laughs) i know i know i was actually telling her before the episode the last time that i saw my little brother so this was back in 2014 so we had gotten into an argument over an iphone charger so I was in Ventura and I was watching my nieces at the time and my my older brother was going to take my younger brother home to Bakersfield 
and I didn't have a phone charger. And I was like, you have to leave your charger with me. I'm watching the girls. You can't leave me here without it. And he was like, it's a really expensive charger. And just, you know, like stupid sibling bullshit. Bullshit. (laughs) And I was like, it doesn't fucking matter. You have to leave it. And he ended up leaving it. But, you know, even in anger when he left, he still walked over and gave me a hug and a kiss. And said, I love you. And, you know, that's kind of what I brought up before the episode, too, was, like, how we should be able to love everybody like that. Yeah. You know? Even in times of anger, even now, when I'm upset with somebody and I'm on the phone with them, unless I hang up on you, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to say I love you. Bye. Even in anger. Yeah. Love you, though. <laughs> yeah. But I love you. But, like, you know, and I think that it was such a beautiful thing about my little brother in general. It was just he was, like, the most loving human being ever. But he gave that gift to me so that I could find meaning in that gift to change the way that I move Mm -hmm. every day. It literally changed me. You know, just that little... Obviously, when it happened, I didn't know. But when he passed away, that was the first thing in my mind was, like, the last time I saw him. So... It's one of those things that is like so beautiful that we can carry on and we can find meaning if we try yeah. or we can allow it to swallow us up and not move forward because that's sometimes easier, which yeah. sucks. You know, it's like almost easier to not do self-work. It's almost easier to not pay attention to the six stages of grief yeah. and how to work around them. Right. And just continue on, you know, make yourself busy again. Yeah. You know? Or drunk. Yeah, exactly, you know? So. Which is real, and I and I say that only because it's so real. Like, pe- yeah. you literally just numb yourself. Yeah. It's, not, it's not like I'm just, like, throwing that around. That's what everybody does. Yeah. Um, and I wish that that was different. But I do want to read a quote by Brene really quick. Brene says that to have courage is to tell the story of who you are with your whole heart. When grief is a part of your story, it needs to be held to be healed. We cannot heal what has not been processed, and it takes time to move through the pain of loss and grief. We don't do ourselves any favor when we brush or simply try to skip over the process of grieving. Even when it is scary, we must follow our hearts and honor our grief. Allow our hearts to heal the way they truly want to. Grief teaches us the power of our love and our resilience. When we practice courage, we lean into showing the world our whole self, wounds and all. Love that. I love that too. I think resilience is a beautiful quality to have. And resilience is a hard quality to own though. Yeah. You know, being resilient. I always say like God can only give you what you can handle. And I fucking hate that saying. <laughs> I hate that saying. That's the worst saying ever, you know? <laughs> oh, so you're going to tell yeah. me that my I have to carry these burdens, this weight, because I can. But... It feels special to break generational wounds and traumas and not allow this to become us and to be better models. That's what I wanted to tell you earlier, too, when you were talking about your family. Is like you get the chance to honor and model grief differently so that the people around you can mirror that. And the only thing that we can do is walk in that truth and walk in that, like, knowing so that maybe somebody one time will be like oh I want to try it that way Yeah. maybe if I just do it that way too you know 
Yeah, and it's just like finding just what sparks you, you know, like, mm-hmm. and for me, like, me and my family are very different, and my, you know, like, my intentions for what I do is never to have them, like, want to do what I do, I just want them to find something that just keeps their light lit, like, mm-hmm. and it can look in different forms, you know, and that's just what, what I want for them, because I know, I found what keeps my light lit, you know, and makes it spark, and and things like that, you know, and I just want to mirror that for them to be like, just find what makes you happy, you know, and you're, and just follow that. Follow yes. That. And because then when, you know, like life gets hard because you're just so embedded in that, it's not going to affect you as much, you know, like you're able to move forward and, you know, go on. That's beautiful. Yeah. I think that this is a really important episode and the reason I wanted to do it was because I think that my most influential times have been when I'm going through something you know when I'm ready to be vulnerable about something I'm going through is when I've had any sort of influence on on the on myself and the people around me Mm -hmm. you know watching your journey with your grandma it was kind of like I really want to give Ev this time and space to honor that and talk about it so that, you know, hopefully your family can even hear this and have some healing from it too. Thank you. I appreciate that. Fingers crossed. And I love my family and I love my friends and I love my grandma. Like, again, I'm just, I'm just so appreciative because I just know that I really didn't take her for granted. Like I felt like... Mm. It was just a different type of love. I feel like loving her helped me be able to see my mom. And, you know, I she she gave birth to my mother, and my mother is such an important person in my life. And I just want to thank her for that. And even all my cousins and my aunts, you know, like, I fucking love my family. So I just, I'm going to miss her. She's mm-hmm. still in me. And I just, I will continue to to sit with her you know in a sacred space Mm. and so shout out to you granny (laughs) (laughs) well she's with you always and and you for your brother yeah yeah let's wrap it up i want to say thank you to evelyn again it's been lovely uh the dogs are barking so thanks everybody love you (laughs) (laughs) hello everybody briz here I just wanted to hop on the end of this episode and offer a couple of resources to folks who are in their... Hey, everybody. Hey, everyone. Briz here. I just wanted to hop on the end of this episode and offer a couple of resources for folks out there um, who find that they can't really talk to the people around them or, or really feel like they're alone in this. I want everybody to understand that you're not alone and there are definitely a lot of resources out there that don't require you reaching out to people that you even know. I was able to hop on Google and find the Dougie Center. The Dougie Center offers a wide variety of resources for people grieving before or after death. And this website is really cool because it offers different resources specifically for kids, parents, supporters. Maybe um, you were the caretaker for somebody who had passed away and you're in your grieving process, 
So there's really something for everybody on that website, which I really enjoyed. It also offers other resources. So it shows you other resources you can turn to. And that is at dougy.org or dougie.org. I do want to make a little side note that when my mother lost her son, she actually found an online bereavement group or grief group. And that really, really helped her through her time of grief because I know that it's a special kind of loss when you lose a child. And I know that that's got to be a really deep, deep, deep hurt. And it's a different kind of loss when you lose your brother or your grandparents or your cousin. And I think that speaking to other people who have also lost their brother, their son, their grandmother can really open your eyes and make you feel as though you're not alone. I also was able to locate a hotline. It's called hopeline-nc.org. This hotline offers non-judgmental listening and referrals in times of crisis. So that doesn't just come down to grief, but it is one of the grief hotlines. Their phone number is 877-235-4525. And that, again, is for the hopeline-nc.org. I hope everybody has really enjoyed this episode. But I do want you to understand that you're not alone. So if you find that you can't find any resources specifically for you, please reach out to us on Seeking Sovereignty podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And I would be happy to help you find something to help or even just offering a lending ear. And I hope to get some feedback on this episode. Much love to you all. And I hope that we can all come together in our times of grief and offer a different model for folks who might not see the light at the end of the tunnel. All my love. If you liked today's episode, please feel free to give us a follow and share with your loved ones. You can find out more about us and future episodes on Facebook and Instagram at Seeking Sovereignty Podcast. I'd like to end today's episode with my own little prayer for all of my fellow seekers. Feel free to say it in your head with me. I pray that the path I walk on leads me to discovering the people and places that explore my divinity and my sacred relationship with Source. I claim my power and spiritual energy as the things that are meant for me will come naturally. I embody love and evolution on my journey to being spiritually free. As above, so below. I remain in constant flow. All my love, everyone. Until next time.